Horde of Notions is brought to you by Face to Face Games, Canada's number one source for magic cards, singles, and products. Check us out at facetofacegames.com. Two of the regular hosts. First of all, it's Adina. Hello, everybody. And we have Thomas. Hello. Now, Halloween was two days ago, bro. Three days ago, bro. And it's still haunting me. I can't do that. God, give me a laugh. Will not with us tonight. He's busy punting his way through another top eight of another PCQ. I don't understand how. He can't play Jundin still. Well, that's what he said. He was in the top eight, but he was not playing Jund because it was sealed. Well, he said he had a chance. I think it was in contention with his word. But, but I mean, I guess 0-8 is oh, in contention for top If the tournament was long enough. <laughs> 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 a 27-round tournament starting 0-8, still in the running. What do you want to know? Here it comes. <laughs> Dude. Oh, man. I really hope he gets there. Like, we make fun of Will, but he's come so close so many times. And he's far and away the best player on this podcast. I don't think any of us can have, has any ability to argue with that. I'm not going to argue with that. Of course, I'll deny it. He doesn't listen to the show very often because he's lazy. So he'll never hear me say that, and I'm going to deny it. So I'm, I feel comfortable making that statement. Will, if you're listening to this, we're sorry you lost. <laughs> well, you know, if I had recognized him at GP Vegas, maybe we would have actually played against each other, and then I would have some sort of a you know, feel <laughs> for how good of a player he is, but... You know, that didn't happen. He was in Vegas. Okay. I didn't know that. You recognize me in Calgary. I mean. Well, yes, but there was also the fact that I walked up behind you and you were wearing a sweatshirt that said Lansdale across the back of it. So it would have been really, really hard for me to not recognize you. I could have been anyone. You know how many of those shirts exist? One. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure there's more than one. (laughs) Yeah, I just own them all. Okay. So, yeah, Will's not with us. Uh, he will be back, honestly. Um, he's still kind of distraught over his favorite card leaving standard, so and it's it's kind of hard for him to talk about magic right now because he keeps wanting to talk about it. It's one of and my yes, favorite you... cards, too. I miss it. It would be great in my new deck, except that it isn't legal. Did you make a new deck, Adina? As a matter of fact, I did. You should probably <laughs> tell us about that deck. Well, guess what colors it is. Uh, what colors is, does the most murdering, Travis? Well, I mean, if you look at term results, blue. <laughs> okay. Well, not recently, it's, it's been black. not right? blue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the card murder is black, even though it's not standard legal. So I'm guessing black is one of them. And she does like burning things. So I'm going to go with white green. Sure, yeah. So I decided, um, despite the fact that, you know, there's this mono-red devotion deck, and there's this mono-black devotion deck that I was going to build a Rakdos deck. So I've built a Rakdos deck. I actually went and got the cards for both the um, mono-black devotion and the mono-red devotion, and then I just picked out the cards that I wanted to play out of all of those and built myself a little Rakdos deck. 
So um, most of the creatures are red, and it's it leans pretty heavily towards uh, red devotion as far as permanents go, other than Desecration Demon, which, of course, is black. I am having a little bit of mana trouble because I do have double black and double red, and we don't have the dual land support that we used to have before rotation. Um, so I actually have right, and and we don't have the the um, the red black scry lands, which of course I was completely wrong, and they're completely good, and they should be rare, and uh, everything that I said on the podcast <laughs> about them sucking, yeah, well I suck. So anyway, I um, don't have the red black scry land yet, so I have to have guild gates in the deck. So I have guild gates and the regular duels, and then some swamps and some mountains, and uh, Nykthos. I think I put two. I, I put either one or two because I don't. I don't really want my land draws to be dead if I already have one in play, um, and I don't have a whole heck of a lot because I don't have the monstrosity stuff in there. So I don't really have a way to use all that extra mana if I have two of them and I could, you know, tap one and then put the other one into play. Tap, you know, sacrifice the other one. Well, not sacrifice, but destroy for state-based effects. And then, you know, tap the other one and have, like, a super amount of mana on one turn. Other than maybe Rakdos' return. I guess I could Rakdos' return for a lot with, with uh, Nykthos. Um, so, yeah, it's it was kind of one of those. I wanted to play Rakdos' return. I wanted to have access to the black removal. But I didn't really want to play the black d- devotion deck because it's kind of controly, And I wanted to play some fast red, car- red creatures. Um, so I've got a lot of hasty things. I have, like, Chandra's Phoenix and uh, Ash Zealot. I think there's one Boros Reckoner in there. Um, you know, just some, some random red creatures. I do have a couple of dragons in there, and then, of course, I have the Desecration Demons. Right. Have you had any trouble hitting your mana? Because, like, Boros Reckoner and Desecration Demon don't tend to play that well together. Well, I don't remember if I even left Boros Reckoner. I think I have one Boros Reckoner, and I hardly ever draw it. So I haven't really had issues with that. Um, I have had a couple of issues where if I keep a hand that has, you know, only one red source in it, then forget it. I'm not going to be able to play Ash Zealot until, like, turn 10. Um, but uh, if I have something with, like, two red sources and one black source or, like, one red and one dual, I'm usually okay. Um, sometimes I don't have the second black uh, by turn three if I want to play a Hero's Demise. So that's a little mm-hmm. rough, but usually by turn four, I have mana of both colors. So, so usually Desecration Demon. Usually by the time I draw a Desecration Demon, I can play it. Occasionally, okay. yeah. Occasionally, I've had trouble with the double black. More often, I've had trouble with the double red, which is weird because I have more red in the deck than than black. But be- yeah, that's strange. Because of that, I need the red more, so I notice it when I don't when I don't have it on turn two. Whereas if I don't have double black by turn two, well, who cares? Because I don't need it yet. We mentioned this just before the show, but a couple of things you might want to think about, stuff like Krippon Horror and Rakdos Cackler, so that if you have Nykthos out, you are running Nykthos, right? I'm definitely running Nykthos, yep. That uh, that might help you hit your black mana off Nykthos, mm-hmm. and while you can, you, you can cast them off your red, so... Yeah, and I mean, I like I like having Rakdos Cackler. I did take it out, and I put in the, you know, Chandra's Phoenix. So the nice thing about this deck is that most of my threats fly. Because Chandra's Phoenix is a flyer, uh, Desecration Demon flies, Dragon flies. Um, so I have really, you know, Ash Zealot and not very much else that's on the ground. So that yeah. that helps. That that wor- has worked well for me. That'll work well with Crypt on Horror as well, because if you can get that damage in, mm-hmm. 
then the horror is going to come in as a larger creature. Right. Yeah, I think I might have a cryptborn horror or two lying around. I don't know. I'm not sure what I did with it because it wasn't, you know, at the time it wasn't a real standard playable, you know, staple. So it's not in my binder. What? Wasn't it a release card? It was the game day top eight promo. Hmm. I think that game day I was at a larger tournament and I missed that game day. That might have been Star City Salt Lake or something. I'm trying to remember. No, it wouldn't have been that one. But it it might have been a weekend when I was at a big tournament. I double top aided that one, so I got two. But I think that card is under. What do you think of it, Travis? I think it's underrated. Mm, I mean, I tend to shy away from cards that are that dependent upon. I mean, it's it's XX, right? So if you don't have any source of damage, you can't cast it at all? Correct. I mean, if it was uh, like a 1-1, one, one, even if without damage, I would like it a bit more. But with it being that dependent, I'm, I shy away. Maybe in the sideboard against control, it might be better. You go turn 2, Ash Zealot, turn 3, Phoenix, hit for 5, cast a 5-5. Five, five. On turn 3? Or turn 4, sorry. I mean, but, I mean, getting a creature that big on turn 4 is not that hard either. At yeah. this point in time, I mean, and it and it does feed my perforos, so that's good because <clears throat> I do I do have perforos in there, and and that's the nice thing about having little cheap creatures is that when you draw them later in the game and you have a perforos out, they're still gonna you know they're gonna be damaged, especially with a Nyctos. Yeah, in fact, I I actually won a game because I had a Rakdos. Oh, you know what? I guess Rakdos Cackler is in there because I was holding the Rakdos Cackler. Um, in hopes that, you know, my, my opponent was at two and we were kind of at a stalemate and I either needed something that could fly or, um, something that could deal two damage to him. Like, so I needed a shock. I don't have magma jets yet. Once I get those, then I'll probably take out the shocks and put those in instead. But, uh, yeah, I didn't have any, I, I was trying to draw into either burn or perforos because if I drew perforos, I was holding back a creature that I could play for the two damage. I had like seven mana at that point. So that that worked for me, and and one of my opponents, um, one of the games that I played with it, and of course these were all casual games, so none of these were competitive tournaments, and none of them were even standard decks. But uh, he was playing um, the card that turns your land into a swamp, and then it deals two damage to you every time you tap it. Uh, it's ground, could, is that it? I think yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, and I was stuck. I had red, 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 and I had a hero's demise in my hand, and I had a. Um, desecration demon in my in my hand and i was stuck for like four turns so he plays that and turns one of my mountains into a swamp and i'm like trying not to giggle and of course my next draw is a swamp so i i plop that down i pay the two life and i play my desecration demon he's like oh crap (laughs) i was like thanks for the black mana dude (laughs) i needed that (laughs) we were talking about crypto and horror because i kind of put rakdos actual rakdos in the same boat I mean, 6-6 six, six fly, Flying Trampler for 4 that makes everything cheaper. If you can cast it, the card is dumb. Yes. That's true. I, and I have a couple uh, of a copy of copies of that card I could throw in there. I think that deck might be the one for it. You, like, if you have all those evasive threats, the thing is, if you hit with a Desecration Demon, Rakdos is just, uh, uh, if you are winning the game, win it more win instead. More. Yeah, yeah. Right. But Chandra's Phoenix, like, Chandra's Phoenix into, on the next turn, Rakdos... Well, I mean, who, who's coming back from that? That's a good so, point. Yeah, that's... Someone hmm. with a Supreme Verdict, maybe, but... When he hits, does he only make creatures cheaper? I would need to look up his... Yeah, let's see. I have never actually seen him played. 
I shouldn't have played unlimited. I also played against a guy. You know how sometimes like your opponents they're new at the game and they're just completely and utterly telegraphing what's in their hand. Mm-hmm. So this guy kept making like suicidal attacks with red, red, black, black open, and he'd had this one card in his hand for the whole game. I'm like, you're not going to get me to let that through. I know exactly what's in your hand, and I am not blocking, or I'm not taking the one damage. And he's like, how did you know? It's obvious. It just is literally obvious. Sometimes. So what was your what was your question about Rakdos? Creature spells. Creature spells, yeah. Creature spells. I was going to say, that's a shame, because... uh, you're casting that and then hitting with it and then casting a Rakdos' return. Oof, yeah, that's Kinda great. Good. Yeah. Kind of good. Yeah. Savageborn Hydra. Oh, no, unfortunately, that's green. Um, is, there a, is there a red, black, X creature? No, there's not going to be, is there? I don't think so. You could play some of the expensive demons. Uh, are there any left? <laughs> that I'm not already playing? <laughs> I mean... Oh, yeah, you could get Hoppies. Ooh. Hoppies. I don't have that card yet, though. No, oh, now Jesus. I have to go and get cards that I don't have. Well, no, that you don't does. understand. Jeez. I just got, like, over $700 worth of cards. So I used up all the credit that I had from all the tournaments that I've judged, and now I'm, you know, at that uh, point where if up. I want cards, I have to pay cash for them. So. Use up some of the credit you have from some of the podcasts you do. Oh, I've, I used that, too. Oh, yeah, good <laughs> I I did use that. That's how I got Anger of the Gods and uh, a nice, beautiful Korean, um, uh, the dragon, the new Stormbreath dragon. Ah, uh, and his name is Swagon Dragon, by the way. Swagon Dragon. Okay, that's yeah. that's how I got a, a nice Swagon Dragon from Korea. Um, and actually, three of the Anger of the Gods are in Korean, and one of them's in English. Sweet. So yeah, I have some foreign cards. It was funny because I was playing and I played. Uh, you know, anger of the gods, and it was in Korean. He's like, I don't know what that does, and so I pull the other one out of my hand and I said, Here, read this one. <laughs> oh, jeez. How do you feel about foreign cards, Travis? Do you prefer? Are you like me? Do you prefer ones that you can actually pronounce, or do you like the Japanese foreign, or Japanese, Russian, Korean, Chinese ones? Uh, I love the um, ones that I can pronounce. I like to find ones with odd names when you pronounce them. What, like you mean the French mugging and the French delay? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can read French, so, I mean, I, I took French in high school, so actually French cards to me are, like, not really that foreign, because I know what they say, um, but oh, definitely. Well, I'm yeah, still so. looking yeah. for a foil German Mishra. If any listeners can get a hold of one, I would really like one of those. I would like a foil German Worms Coil Engine and Huntmaster of the Fells and Koth. None of them are as cool as Mishra. So I like the way Russian cards and Korean cards look. And I mean, I, I like Chinese and Japanese cards too. Um, but I just, I really like the way the language looks um, of when it's in either Russian or Korean. So I, See, I just don't. I think but, Russian looks cool. But I also like to have at least one of the real card. And, and the hard thing is if I had four copies of Anger of the Gods that were in, you know, a foreign language, I would want to have an extra copy of Anger of the Gods, like in some weird sleeve in my deck so that I could just use that to uh, show it. But you can't because uh, that would be illegal uh, and I'd get a deck yep, one. So yep. that's why I, well, that and the fact that there were only three Korean versions in stock at the time when I bought it. So that was why I bought one English version in my deck. Yeah, that sounds bad. 
what else is there? Well, that's what, you know, judges are for and oracle text and all that. Yeah. Like, yes, that's an anger of the gods. See, look at the picture. I haven't altered it. It's the same same thing you'd expect. I wonder if you can hit with some hit someone with Rakdos in Modern and then drop a free worm coil engine. I mean, um, you, you, you could, that would just hit them for six with a demon. Yeah, that would work because each one life, it's one less to cast for each one life your opponents lost this turn. Yeah. So, yes, if you hit them with an unblocked Rakdos Lord of Riots. Oh, I know it works. I'm just wondering if it's good. So, hmm. Not in standard, it's not. No, I'm talking <laughs> about modern. Clearly. What, what were you saying, Travis? At that point, you're hitting them with a 6-6 demon. You've, you've hit them at least once, so, I mean, do you really need the worm coil engine? I guess it depends Maybe. on what they have in play and whether or not you need to gain six life. I mean, when is when is it bad to cast a worm coil engine? Yeah. When your opponent has a Memnock, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, because Rakdos does not have vigilance. So if he swings, you're leaving yourself open for a swing back. And if your life is low and your opponent has something on the ground that could swing at you, you need a blocker, and Worm Coil Engine's a pretty good blocker. That's, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a bad play. It's just a question of whether it's a necessary play. All right. Speaking of modern and black cards, Travis, I hear you're playing with black cards. Yes. I'm, I'm playing going with the monocolored route in modern. And I think Nykthos has some interesting applications in the format. I like some of what you're doing with this list. Talk to us about it. Once tried Grey Merchant of Ashfordale and Nykthos in Modern to help with yeah. Monoblight, because things like Flagship Phyrexian Obliterator are really good at giving you a lot of devotion to Black. And you can still play the crucial uh, Turn 1 Death Rat, Turn 2 Liliana the Veil, or Turn 2 Phyrexian Arena, both of which set you up really good for Nykthos. Um, I'm actually running a, a Consumed Spirit as well. And um, one of the cards I've been playing that has actually turned out to be surprisingly good is Genju of the Fins. Well, yeah, because you can pump it for a black, right? Right. It becomes it basically turns your land into a creature that you can then uh, turn into an Antuko Shed. Yeah, well. And when you're late game and you've got a ton of black mana, and you can cast Temnation and then use what you've floated to attack with a 6-6 six, six or 7-7, seven, seven, it ends the game really quickly. So one thing... I found interesting about your list was that you didn't go the same route as most of the Devotion decks, because most of them have eschewed, like, control packages to just go all in on the Devotion plan. If you look at this SCG Mono Blue deck, they had very little in the way of control elements. It was all just Devotion and Cyclonic Rift and Jace. Right. But you've got, like, a huge discard package in there, which I personally don't like. Because the discarded modern is just so good. Well, yeah, Basically, but there are lots the, of things that are good that you're not going to play in the deck just because they're good, right? And the discard, I think so. Because Chris, are you, are you advocating not playing good cards? Is that what you're no. saying? Take the good cards out of your deck. Don't play the good cards. Okay, it's but if you're playing... The difference is in standard. You can tap out on turn three to cast Thassa, tap out on turn four to cast Master of Waves. In modern, you do that, you're going to die to an infinite number of uh, creatures. Maybe. That I have some way to preemptively fight them while you build your devotion. Maybe. Like, that. that is one deck in the field. Well, no, it's actually like five decks in the field. No, not on turn four. Uh, the Kiki Pod deck, the Malira Pod deck. The, Spl- the Kiki Pod deck. deck, it doesn't care about your hand disruption. It really doesn't. It does if you can. I've played that deck extensively. Yes, it does, because if they hit your 
birthing pod turn one to where you have nothing but mana dorks and inconsequential creatures, yes, it's very, very disruptive. Okay, so why don't you play something like a Ravenous Rats? Or like, um, isn't there a creature that, what's Augur Skulls? Doesn't that let you choose from their hand? No, it just says they discard two and you can only activate it during your upkeep. Okay, but discarding two is pretty good. I mean, it is, but I would rather get the card I know that's going to stop me and then clean up with things like Damnation, right. Heroes Downfall. But my problem with the way that you approach, you're approaching it is that you're, you're, trying to, you're building two different decks mm-hmm. and kind of sort of jamming them together, you know? Like, here's, here's a mono-black discard controlling strategy with Liliana and Thoughtseize and Inquisition. Oh, and by the way, here's half a Devotion package. Well, I, I'll admit, I rely very heavily on Phyrexian Arena. I mean, it, it does a great deal for um, getting you to those other cards as well as, you know, just pumping your devotion. You line two arenas, that's really good. I mean, Mono, Black, and Sentry relies on the same thing with Underworld Connections. That's the majority of their devotion package until the late game. I, I agree, but Mono, Black, and Standard, like, it only runs Thoughtseize in the main. It doesn't run Duress. Well, I'm, I'm running three Thoughtseize and two Inquisition. I'm running five discard spells. It runs four. But you also have Liliana, so that's also a discard spell. Yes, but it's also Devotion. Right. Uh, if standard mono black had Liliana, she would probably be in it. Do you think that the deck can afford to be discarding as that many cards that would might help its own Devotion, though? Originally, uh, I was also trying out Bloodgast just for that. That fact yeah. that you can always get it back, it's always going to be double Devotion. Um, yeah. That's one of the reasons I went down to three Lilianas instead of four. Really, if you hit the arena, you can afford to do it. If you don't, then you've got to be very careful. Yeah, see, so I can see three Lilianas. I really, like, I wanted to play Phyrexian Crusader in the deck, because I think it's one of the best and most underplayed uh, creatures in the in the format. I believe it's, if you if you do that, you really need to go more of an infect package. Otherwise, yes. it's, you're, I mean, you're yeah. doing too much. I, I agree with you completely on that front, like, I, I was looking, one of the things that I didn't mention at the time, and I have, I think, mentioned to you since, is uh, the, the Demigod of Revenge, or even Avatar of Discord, which Avatar of Discord is probably not great, but Demigod of Revenge seems really good. Because you can, dis- you can discard it to Liliana. It is the single best, apart from Divinity of Pride, which you could also play, uh, answer to, or uh, p- Provider of Devotion in the format, for Black anyway, I mean, apart from Primal Crux. And it's it's a really good creature besides, right? Right. I've been considering it. I don't or have any the, online when I've started building this deck, or I may have started it out with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been looking at it. I don't have any obliterators, but if I can get them, I'm going to try and build this deck, because this looks really fun. It, it, it's so the, tried I, a lot of different ways. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to go with the Thoughtseize Liliana package. I'm probably going to leave the Inquisitions to the board, because Inquisitions don't actually stop Twin very well. Especially now that they've started playing horsefish, right? You know, their whole combo is Inquisition proof if they want it to be. Um, yes, but it's Inquisition is still good against a lot of the other things, especially uh, the Jund matchup. Yeah, Jund is well, Jund is good against any deck, right? That's that's just a, a universal truth at this point. And this one at times plays almost like Jund. It uses its, its early discard. It uses its um, card advantage spells like Arena and Liliana, and then lands a creature that's hard for them to deal with, like Obliterator, and goes to this. But you're not just toying with the Ebony side. You're also playing Ibony, like uh, Ivory, like side-by-side side on your piano. 
Yes, I'm also working on a mono white deck for standard or for modern. Uh huh. Why does this sound that terrible? That one's uh, probably what I'm going to write about for my article for this week for Minute of Pride. Um, it's more. You fun. write articles? Yes, dude. <laughs> I should probably read those or something. Yes, Way you to should. know your fellow podcast hosts. I, I read his articles. It. I read his articles every week. He just doesn't read mine. So do I actually retweet yours? Ah, I occasionally retweet yours. Should, should I go? Should I leave you guys alone together here? You no, you should read our articles. Yeah. And read our articles. I've read your articles before. <laughs> you notice how she's not saying regularly, Travis, it's right? Because I didn't read- say regularly. I said I have read them at times. There have been yeah. articles that I read, yes. It's too late. You've already broken our hearts. Mm-hmm. Well, my heart. Travis doesn't have one. Nope. So what are you doing with Mono White? I'm working on a sort of a Mono White prison deck. I'm trying to bring up the list. Uh, where are you? Does it place fear of safety? No, not right. It plays um, Ghostly Prison, and what's the two drop one that's really, really good against activated abilities? Uh, suppression Field. Suppression Field. Rune Halo is one of the most underrated cards in the format, and it does not get the respect it deserves. Gives you protection from the named card, right? Yep. I'm struggling to figure out why you're not playing uh, Sphere of Safety. I believe it's just Ghostly Prisons, numbers five through whatever. Except that it's just better in this deck. Are you playing uh, Idyllic Tutor? Yes, a couple. Okay. Are you playing Heliod? One. You know Heliod makes enchantments, right? Yep. You should probably just play like a single Ethereal Armor as a kill card. (laughs) It doesn't give trample that can block it for forever. Uh, Well, sure. I'm also playing uh, Open the Vaults. Huh. Oratog? Nope. I don't think I have Aww. any other creatures. Then. I wish we could find the list. Where did I put it? I usually write this up at, well, on my lunch break at work, so I don't always have it at home. Oratog seems really good, because you could, like, sack all your enchantments, play Oratog. To, to Oratog, play Open the Vaults, get them all back, rename stuff for Rune Halo. I agree. I've, I've used Oratog to great effect with Second Sunrise way back when. So if it's mono-white, uh, you can't play uh, Hatching Plans, which also works well with Oratog. And you could play Ordeal of Heliod, I guess. E? Why? Because you sack it to Oratog, you get the 10 life, and you get the plus 2, plus 2. Is gaining 10 life in modern is that important? Well, no. The other ordeals are almost universally better in modern, but you're playing modern. Why? This is true. Okay, I'm going to just try to go off the list from memory because I don't have it here. It's at work. Although I think I've posted it in our chat once before. I don't remember seeing it. Are you playing White Sun Zenith? Nope. What are you doing with all this mana? Just making dudes? Maybe. I can't remember. My brain is not working. It's like past my bedtime. I'm also looking at, believe it or not, a mono blue deck for modern. Sam just posted one in his eyes. I know. I saw it last week. I stole a couple of his good ideas. I want to run Blue Sun Zenith in the uh, disrupting shoal spot because he said he wasn't happy with the shoal. And it seems like you could draw a whole bunch of cards and possibly kill your opponent that way, too. Yep. I like his uh, focus on... What's the land? Nykthos? No, the one that untaps target legendary permanent to make Nykthos stupid. Oh, uh, uh, Mikakoro? No, Mikakoro draws cards. Uh, Oboro? Oboro bounces back to your hand, I think. It starts with an M, though. 
Minimo. Untapped target. You're talking about Minimo School at Water's Edge. That is it. See, told you to start with Untapped target, legendary, permanent. You said I totally stole it off Sam, but. So does that, what, does it have an activation cost? Blue. Uh, tap. And tap. Blue and tap. Blue and tap. But you're playing mono blue. One blue and tap is okay. Uh, so they go for $6 right now on face-to-face games. A foil is twenty six ninety nine. Because it's really good in EDH. I guess. Untapped target legendary permanent. Mother of seven bastards, that's expensive. All right, I found my list, yay. Woohoo! Hooray! Daggummit. Daggummit? Boy, you really are a hillbilly, aren't you? Nope, I just do not blaspheme. Because I know my deck list is sitting on my desk at work. He has his own desk. That's right, I have a cubicle. One day you may get one too. I I have a cubicle. I have a corner cubicle. Uh, Wait, it's almost mono blue, I'm sorry. It splashes a a few hollowed fountain for Species Rev. It's the white one I'm interested in. This is it, it's almost mono. The only non. um, Alright. Two Path of Exile, four Rune Halo, one Wheel of Sun and Moon, four Suppression Field, four Ghostly Prison, one Nevermore, two Idyllic Tutor, two Oblivion Ring, one Sacred Mesa, uh, one Story Circle, three Leyline of Sanctity, four Wrath of God, one Privileged Position, two Open the Vaults, three Sphinx's Rev, and one Emrakul. Oh, Emrakul. Interesting. There's another way to use all that white mana. Yeah. Uh. And then in the sideboard, I had Light Mine Field, Leyline of Sanctity... Hallow Burial, Path Exile, Elspeth Night Errant, which is another good mono white. Um, yeah. And Extra Emrakul, and I was working on four slots. How about Angel of Jubilation? Uh, plus one, plus one to all. Non-black creatures. Mm-hmm. But the more relevant part is triple white to cast, triple white and one. And uh, players cannot pay life or sacrifice creatures to cast spells or activate abilities. Yeah. I can see it in the sideboard. I can see yeah, that's what decks. I meant. Okay. They were second main. No. Uh, pod decks also, um, well, no, you probably don't have time to cast it against Infect. What? Because you can't cast any of the Phyrexian mana spells with that out. Hmm. Rune Halo has been really good against Infect and other matchups I've played. Since they're you don't always have... go all in on one creature. Where are your Oblivion Rings? I have two in the main. Okay. I didn't hear it. Yeah, that seems really good. White doesn't have a lot of devotion-heavy permanents. Like, Angel of Jubilation being triple white is the best one I can think of. I mean, there's Malak at Dawn, but it's crap. I mean, I could go um, Boros Reckoner. I don't know how good that is in, in modern. I don't know. I like Root Halo a lot, and I like Suppression Field. As a pod player, it is very annoying. And Ghostly Prison. Yeah. It's interesting that you, you wanted to do that, because the deck I'm working on in Modern is, is similar in terms of being a silver bullet deck, but I'm playing Tezzeret. <laughs> uh, there's so many different ways to build it. I went with three Seeker, two Agent of Bolas, Okay. And I went the Esper version. Uh, I need to put Aethersworn Canonists in the main deck. I didn't have them in there, and I should, because Tezzeret can fetch it up and put it straight into play on the turn that, he's, that you cast him. Are you sticking to just blue-black? Mostly blue-black. I have a splash of white for one Sphinx of the Steel Wind in the main. I have um, Sa- Leyline of Sanctity in the board. How many basics are you running? Uh, eight islands. Be- no, four islands because I'm playing two shackles. Okay. 
Uh, also, I was going to suggest border posts. Interesting. Well, they cost three to put in with Tez, right? Right. But um, they're really good for him, for the uh, agent of Bullis. I mean, basically, they just they come in to play tapped land, and that becomes yeah. a 5-5 five, five later or boosts his ultimate later. The one thing I've been enjoying with it is that like once you hit Seeker, you can pretty much minus one or minus two to shut down whatever your opponent is trying to do for most of the unfair decks. Like Tezzeret into Torpor Orb means Twin can't beat you for a while. Right. And plus I these and this is game one, like main deck Torpor Orb. What do they have main game one against main deck Torpor Orb? Uh, either uh, Harmonic Sliver or Crystal Crab Mage. Some no, or both. T- twin. Oh, Twin. Um, Cryptic Command. Bounce it. Okay, yeah, so they have a one-outer. Well, I mean, they have four of them, but yeah. No, red-blue-twin isn't running four cryptics. Uh, the red-blue-white twin, which is more like red-blue-white control with a twin combo to win, has cryptic, but the straight red-blue combo deck is just all card filtering and the combo. You've also got Pithing Needle in the main. You've got Graph Digger's Cage and Snaring Bridge. Um, I had the the original list that I was looking at was running Relic, but considering I had Academy Ruins in the deck, I really didn't see that that was sensible, so I played Spell Bombs, and uh, I ran Worm Coil instead of Vendillion Click, because why not? Yeah. And Signets, so that Tezzeret could make mana by untapping lands, uh, by untapping the Signets. And uh, yeah, it worked pretty well. I had a couple of unlucky draws, but I don't think the Sphinx of the Steel Wind is necessary. As much as I love that card, I think it needs to come out. It's just too expensive, and that could be one Ethosorm Canonist. Uh, I don't know where I'll find room for the other one. Chalice and, and Engineered Explosives are fun, and they're both in the main. That's just wrong. Why is it wrong? Isn't that a mean thing to do to someone? Uh, no one yeah. expects Chalice in the main. Well, one game against Affinity, I went on the play, Darksteel Citadel, Mox Opal, Engineered Explosives for zero, Chalice on one, go. Yep. <laughs> and then he was like, I can't actually win now. <coughs> I'm like, nope. Well, I mean, they can... St- uh, I mean, he could still lock into the uh, double Dark Steel Citadel and then multiple... Um, what's the Metalcraft guy? The 2-2 uh, that usually wins most of the games. Oh, Edge Champion? Edge Champion draw, yeah. Some people aren't playing their main right now. They're playing uh, Master, of Ante- Master of Ethereum main. With the champion in the board. It just seems like most of the games they win are with its champion against any form of controlling deck. One thing I did learn is that, uh, um, whatchamacallit, god damn it, uh, Stony Silence on turn two is really bad for that deck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, yeah, I had a ton of fun playing that deck. I built a Tezzeret one a few months ago. Uh, it was it was definitely fun, but I don't know. We have a lot of affinity hate in my area. Yeah, that's a big problem. And like, I'm a, I like grindy decks. All of a sudden, I don't know why. I think playing black green birthing pod for so long is what turned me on to being a grindy player. And uh, now I just want to grind people out all day with decks like that. Make them hate life. Make them. Are you want to flip the table you, and go out? Yeah. Yeah. Are you doing anything in Modern Adina, or are you still trying to stay away from it? Well, the modern deck that I have is kind of a green-black zombie um, Varol's deck, 
So I've got a lot of, like, zombies for, like, aggro at the beginning to get me through the beginning of the game. And then I have um, Lotleth Troll. Uh, really, the engine is Lotleth Troll and Baroles and then um, Death Shadow. And I've been trying to wow. find somebody that's got Hunted Horrors in stock so that I could get those. They're two mana for seven as opposed to one mana for 13. But it's still decent, you know, as far as a scavenge target. We brewed this deck on the show. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's still what I'm playing. That's what I'm still playing. <coughs> Did you, you know what you should do is get Phyrexian Soul Crushers. Is it Sn- Soul Crusher or Snow Crusher? Phyrexian Snow Crusher. Snow Artifact Creature Juggernaut. It costs six. It gets plus no. one, plus zero. Oh. No, I don't think that's the one you want. Um, Phyrexian. There's Soul Gorger. Is that the Soul one you Gorger. were looking for? Phyrexian Soul Gorger. Cumulative yes. upkeep sacrifice a creature. It's an 8-8 eight, eight for three. Uh-huh. Sure. Oh, no, I have I'm to scared. sacrifice a creature. I will sacrifice, hmm, Phyrexian Soul Gorger. Hmm. <laughs> Scavenge this onto my Phyrexian Crusader, who's a zombie, by the way. Hmm, kill you. Yeah, except that what I'm probably going to do is I'm probably going to discard it to the Lotleth Troll and then scavenge it onto the Lotleth Troll, which has Trample, and swing that at you. Yeah, that that also works, but uh, it's a a one-shot kill. Oh, my God, foil Metamai the Ageless. It's a uh, one-shot kill with Phyrexian Crusader. Especially if they're playing, like, red-white and they can't block it. Yeah, we were talking about how I needed to get some Phyrexian Crusaders, and I just haven't been able to find any. But I do really? have I do have Ink Moth Nexus in the deck, so I can just animate that and swing for 13. That's the That's end of it. also good. Uh, Phyrexian Soul Gorger right now, 25 cents on face-to-face games. Aww. So uh, that, shouldn't, uh, that shouldn't break the boat. I, I might have that much credit. <laughs> Phyrexian Crusader, they have 12 in stock at 250. Huh, okay. They used to have a foil, but I just bought it. I guess I should have ordered those when I ordered my um, Anger of the Gods, but I didn't. So, that yeah, that deck is a, a blast. Did you ever try it, Travis? No. I, went, I bought the Soul Gorders. I just haven't got around to building it. Oh, dude, the deck is so much fun. Like That was one of the best decks that we've put together on this show. I kept wanting to scavenge it onto Ink Moth Nexus. Yeah, Ink Moth Nexus. Uh, Crusade is also good. Even putting it on Varels himself is fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I have I have Rancors in the deck. I don't know if that was something that you guys had added in, but, yeah. No, I hadn't thought of Rancor. Yeah, that way, whatever I have to scavenge it onto, we'll have Trample. <laughs> and if it That's dies, it. oh, well, I get the Rancor back, and I'll just enchant something else. Yeah, yeah, seems good. Oh, and I'll also scavenge this onto it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty oh, much. Yeah. Oh, I just opened a thought, see, so that's no big deal. Must be nice. So, in Standard, I kind of got tired of playing Black-White because everybody around here is now playing Naya Control, and a deck with all of that removal is uh, that is specifically built to beat Mono Black is actually just as good against a Black-White deck. The, the only advantage I have is Obsidat, which dies to a Celestia Charm just as well as anything else. And Blood Baron, which dies to a Mizium Mortis. So, yeah, the deck is not any... It's slightly better positioned against Naya Control, especially when I surprise them with an illness in the ranks on turn one after sideboarding. But it's still not a good matchup. Huh? So you're just mean. Well, you know, they've got Elspeth and Assemble the Legion. I'm like, yeah, they're pretty dead. <laughs> nice Assemble the Legion. 
but I think red-white control is where I want to be at. The Naya control deck, I was looking at it. All it gets from green is Loxodon Smiter and Selesnia uh, Charm, which are both obviously very powerful, and Xenagos. Uh, I hadn't given enough respect to Xenagos' ability to win a game on his own until I got stomped by Endless 2-2 haste tokens. Yeah, playing red green at the GP, um, he ended up being a lot better than I thought he was going to be. Even his, just his extra mana on occasion was really big. But I think if I, can, if I play red-white control, I can still run a devotion angle. I can play the combo that we all dreamed about with Assemble the Legion and Perforos, but I can also run Elspeth and Heliod in this deck. So you just want to make and, all the creatures and do all the killing? Yeah, just like my early game is to kill stuff with Anger of the Gods, uh, possibly even Planar Cleansing, and then I just drop a god, start making dudes. Even Planar Cleansing with a god in play seems fine, because he ain't going nowhere. Maybe play Sphere of Safety if I need it. Does Planar Cleansing say Exile, or no? No, nope, uh, destroy all non-land permanents. The black-white one does Exile. Yes, Merciless Eviction. So I, I think... I don't know how good it is, but I think it's worth a try. My one concern, and maybe this is something that we can chat about, is early game. Uh, I'm actually considering playing Arrest in the deck. That's Is it the same? No, it's three, right? Yeah. Activated Pacifism. ability and can't attack a lot. Yeah, it's, it's Pacifism Plus. That works. And I think Pacifism Plus right now is important with the ability to shut down Monstrous, and it also just stops things from hitting you. Obviously, you're playing Mizium Mortars, you're playing Anger of the Gods, and your four, five, six spots are uh, Heliod, Perforos, Assemble the Legion, Elspeth. You could play Chandra, too, I guess, just because drawing cards doesn't seem bad. Would you play Reckoner in the deck, or are you just turning on their removal at that point? Probably just turning on their removal, but, I mean, against certain decks, I would. Maybe you put it in the board, along with maybe, like, I don't know, Aurelia? Aurelia seems good if you can get... Like an emblem. You're running out of spots in this deck very quickly. No, this is the board. Oh, the board. Because like, after they side out all their removal... But if you're getting, if you've got the emblem, aren't you winning anyway? I mean, you don't activate the emblem unless you're going to win. Yeah, that's true. Huh, what else is there? I wish White Sun Zenith were legal. I don't know, maybe Boris Charm goes in this deck. White Sun would be really good in this format. Yes, yes it would. I mean, uh, that's really... not horrible, but... I really want to try this deck. The problem is I'm just having a really hard time getting the enthusiasm together to actually put something together right now. I don't know why. I, I love, I'm still enjoying not playing as much magic as I used to and just in doing other things. And building a deck takes an inordinate amount of time for me because I love so many cards. That's why I prefer magic online. That way I don't have to hunt up decks and take cards out of those decks. I just build 10 decks at once and slam them into each other. Oh, yeah, I, I don't have to hunt cards down and, and take them out of decks. I, I have too many cards. But it's it's still, it's like, oh, I don't want to cut this. Oh, I don't want to cut this. Oh, I don't want to cut this, you know? So you're talking about the actual brewing of the deck that takes the time, not the yeah. hunting down and finding the cards in your collection that you're trying to put in your deck. Basically. Which can also be a challenging thing for some of us. Especially me. I'm I'm a I'm a real brewer. Like, I love I have pet cards as we all know. Yeah. What's your pet card from Theros? <coughs> That's an interesting question. I think probably Erebos. 
See, I, 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 I love it. See, I usually only have one or two decks going at one time, so I don't have to rip cards out of one deck to put them in the other deck. And uh, I have the way I have things organized as far as my rares is I have a binder that I put all the kind of junky rares that I don't really use for anything. And then I have a binder of all the standard, all the rares that are like useful and standard. And I have another yeah. binder of all the rares that have ro- rotated out of standard and are no longer useful and standard, but could be useful in modern. That's um, what I have. It's, it's Plus I have a binder not, of commons and uncommons. Yeah, it's not so much, you know, staples. Actually, I have a box. So I have a build box and in my build box, sorted by color and then, you know, by multicolor and hybrid and all that is all the staple commons and uncommons. So anytime I'm sorting through cards, um, the, any of the commons or uncommons that are staples and decks, I put those into the build box, and I just recently went through and pulled out all the ones that rotated out and put them in my modern build box, you know. Which are I, uh, I went through my commons and uncommons that are playable. Mm-hmm took a whole stack of uncommons into the store and got like a hundred bucks in store credit for them. Sweet. <laughs> like like a dozen Selesnia charms in there and some war leaders helixes and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff that is like three and four bucks as an uncommon. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Definitely some useful uncommons out there and sure. So that, that's an interesting thing to, to, to point out for, to newer players, especially who are just starting to get a collection together. A lot of the time at drafts, people will just leave their commons and uncommons. Yep. Nothing wrong with taking them. Yep. It's funny. I actually I have a box because when I sort through cards, I keep a playset and I put that in the box labeled with the set. So I have my my set of commons and uncommons as close as possible, you know, whatever I happen to have opened, all sorted. And then I have an extra box of just the excess over and above the four copies and that doesn't include my staples. Well, I just went through my excess and pulled out six copies of Frostburn Weird because <laughs> now that's a staple and that was not yeah. a staple when I was sorting cards. Yeah. So well, conveniently true. those aren't those aren't a complete mess. They're semi sorted, at least, you know, by set and you know or by block. So I could kinda hunt those down. Sweet. Yep. Alright, so that's what we've been playing. And how we organize uh, our collections. Yeah, which is interesting. Well, Travis just clicks buttons mostly. <laughs> that's the best way. I, I have to say that's the one thing I miss about playing predominantly Magic Online and now playing predominantly with real cards is that real cards just aren't as easy to sort and build with as online. I prefer to play with paper cards, but I prefer to brew online. Gotcha. I just prefer playing in paper because Magic to me is to be social. And I don't get that feeling online. I don't have the same problems with online magic that a lot of people do, complaining about the client and the glitches and all that baloney. Like, I don't give a flying rat about any of that. But... Yeah, the chat window just isn't the same. The pop-ups are just me. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I like I prefer to play paper because I like to be able to look across the table at my opponent and call him a foul name and make fun of his mother. Um, it's just not the same if you can't do that. want to do much of that, actually. Seems like a bad idea to do a lot of that. I mean, that's, that is how you make friends, right? Um, let's go with no. Would you, would, you, uh, would you disqualify someone for that, Adina, or give them a warning at least? For doing what? <laughs> Calling them a foul name and making jokes about them, somebody's mother. 
Um, I don't know about a discord. It depends on the foul name. Um, uh, whether it's, it's going to be a penalty anyway. I was going to say, yeah, it's it's going to be a penalty. Whether it's a USC minor or a USC major is going to depend on what type of a foul name and whether it was a you know racial slur or gender slur or something of that nature or whether it was just a you're a jerk face kind of slur. Um, and if somebody calls their opponent a racial slur for a race that they're not. Actually, racial slurs are only a warning. No, racial slurs are USC major. I'm pretty. Oh yeah, it's game loss. That's right. Yeah, because I just literally like coming home from. I, I drove to Idaho Falls yesterday to get. I I wanted to acquire the uh, face the Hydra deck because I want to organize a little uh, competition face the Hydra thing. But that's another story. Um, but on my way back, I was listening to podcasts and I was listening to JudgeCast and they just did a JudgeCast about the difference between USC major, USC minor, and aggressive behavior. So I feel pretty yeah. up on those penalties right now. I don't listen to that show. Oh, okay. I don't listen to many shows anymore, actually. Too many of them have just died off a lot. I listen to shows when I'm driving to tournaments. So, like, if I'm driving to Idaho Falls or if I'm, you know, driving to Salt Lake City or something like that, typically what I'll do is I'll have a podcast because there's kind of this dead zone when I don't have internet and I don't really, I, I can either, you know, listen to music that I've already got in the car on CD or on my phone, or I can listen to podcasts that I've downloaded in advance. So I usually try to download a bunch of uh, podcasts right before I leave my house, and then I listen to those when I'm driving. Or so when, I'm fine, when I'm fine. All day at work, right? Uh, I would like to, but there are too many that I can't because they're not safe for work. <laughs> oh, you don't, you don't put headphones on? No. I'm answering calls or talking uh, to people face to face, so I have to keep it on a very low volume. You talk to people at face to face? Via face to face. Ah, right. Yeah, the, um, I get the benefit of listening to podcasts all day at work while doing my job. I don't just sit down and listen to podcasts and do nothing else. So if face to face decided that they wanted to start selling online cards, would they have to change it to like face to screen to screen to face? No. No. Just, just no. <laughs> Stop it. Like, like, how would they do that? It's a good thing they only sell like physical cards. <sighs> <laughs> do you, do you know her, Travis? Is like she a friend of yours or something? Or? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Uh, let's move on then uh, to talk about my weekend. I know, Adina, you judged SCG Seattle like six months ago. <laughs> I think it was more like two weekends ago. But, yeah, I haven't talked to you guys in a while. So, so that was cool, I would imagine. Did you do the main event? I did, yeah. I did the main event on Saturday, and then I was doing coverage. So, I mean, that's main event, too. Uh, but I did coverage on Sunday. So, yeah, anybody who didn't see me on coverage that really, really wants to can go back and, you know, go into Twitch and look at the back feeds and uh, find the video from the Legacy Open, or, yeah, the Legacy Open on Sunday. Um, and every other round, I was sitting in the booth doing coverage. Yeah, I think Will kept tweeting about that while I was, or not tweeting about it, posting about it while I was uh, head judging a GPT. Right, and my phone was in my bag, so I didn't get any of those tweets until after. Ah, you always have your phone with you. Right, yeah, because I'm supposed to be Twittering and texting while I'm doing, you know, coverage on camera. I'm sure they approve of that. I don't see a problem. Do you see a problem, Travis, with this uh, problem? I have problems with judges in general, apparently. They won't let me say bad things about my opponent. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm sorry. I'm actually not sorry. Awesome. Yeah, I, I want to judge an SCG one of these days, but I've had some uh, some busy weekends. Last weekend I had a GPT, uh, and yesterday uh, I, I was kind of busy. I'm trying to remember what You'd I was doing. You'd probably have to leave Canada to judge a Star City Games tournament, no, too. I definitely have to leave Canada to do that, but that's okay because my passport should be here soon. Yay! Does that mean you'll be coming to any tournaments that I might be at? Uh, I'm hoping GPDC 2014. Hmm. What about uh, GP Vancouver? I'll definitely be at Vancouver. Because yeah, that's not actually in the U.S. That's in Canada, but I think I might be going to that. I don't know yet. Travis, you should go to GPDC 2014. When is it? 2014. Need more of a time frame than that. I can't remember. I think it's in June. Then most likely we'll not be permitted to go to that one. Because that's not a uh, two-month-old. Yeah, I mean, well, two, that's that's enough time for your wife to have like recovered. No, see, the last time uh, when the girls were we, she let me go to Pro Tour Puerto Rico. So I've been expressly told I do not get to do that this time. I burned my one-outer. Potentially, I'm looking at the Invitational Star City in Los An- uh sorry, Las Vegas, GP Vancouver. Um, <coughs> Star City Somerset in February and GP Philly in April. Those are kind of the events that I'm I'm trying to figure out whether or not I can do all of them or how many of them I can do. Yeah, I'm just looking at one US GP next year, maybe a second, depending on how my money works out. Philly. Well, you know, uh, come to Philly weekend Grand Prix Nashville, Chris. Team Seal. Yeah, yeah. You see, I don't know if you know this. But I'm black. Definitely come to, to Philly then. Well, the, I, I really have well, to. it's not Alabama. <laughs> it's close enough, isn't it? We also grew up in Cincinnati. Nashville is close enough to Alabama. <laughs> I don't know geography. They're all south of the there's Mason There's like a whole line. bunch of states in between there. <laughs> no, there's not. Nashville's like 40 minutes from Alabama. Ha! Ah. What? <laughs> Nashville, Tennessee. Tennessee and Alabama touch. Yeah, they do. Oh, never mind. I don't live in that part of the country. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I don't even live in that country, and I knew that. <laughs> I thought Tennessee was. Excuse? I thought Tennessee was all the way up where Kentucky is. No, Kentucky is all the way up where Kentucky is. Ten- it goes Kentucky. Directly south of Kentucky is Tennessee. Directly south of Tennessee is Alabama. And Nashville is in southern Tennessee. Oh, I thought that Tennessee, I'm sorry, I got confused. I thought that Tennessee was over in the middle of the country, not on the coast. As far as running north-south, Tennessee is a very narrow state. It's like maybe 100 miles or so wide. Yeah, it's it's long and skinny and pointy. It looks like a stake that you (laughs) take a vampire with. That's what Tennessee looks like. Oh, right, the state. Okay, I thought we were talking about something else. The state Um, looks like a state, not a stake like you would eat. Well, I guess it could kind of look like that, but it looks like a stake that you would take a vampire with. Not what I was talking about. Oh. <laughs> this is your daily geography lesson from Horde Notions. All I know is all this talk about Tennessee is making me think of Arrested Development, not the TV show, the 90s band. They did a song called Tennessee, and it was awesome. Moving on along. I as think I was, I was thinking about of this, North Carolina. I think that's the problem. I was thinking of like, Why on earth would you do that? North, because I was thinking of someone else that has an accent that used to be on this cast that's from North Carolina. And so that's kind of where I was picturing that, Chewy? that 
no, but no, Jack. Then that's where I was picturing Travis as being from because he has that southern accent. Wow. But I know that he's not from there. I know that that's wow. completely wrong. You're going to take that, Travis? Like, <laughs> she's just so insulted you, But wait, you, bro. no, you're not from, you're not from Tennessee, though. I, I thought you were from Kentucky. I'm from <laughs> Kentucky, and then I moved to okay. Alabama for seven years for graduate school and lots well, of things. And then I moved well, back. I knew about the Roll Tide thing, so I, I knew about the Alabama. I, I was just going to say, dude, how long were you in graduate school? You were there for seven years, but then you said and life yeah. things. I'm like, huh, I knew you were dumb, but wow. I went to the University of Alabama, got a master's degree, and then started working at the University of Alabama. Okay, so wait, why were we talking about Tennessee? I don't know. Nashville is in Tennessee. Oh, okay, now I understand. Because I was like, I was picturing where you live not being next to Alabama. So, okay, now I get it. We were talking about a different state. Okay. So, PTQ. (laughs) Sure, so what did you do yesterday, Chris? Uh, I had judged my first PTQ, and I was very proud of it. Yay. It was awesome. We had 107 players. Uh, it's the biggest tournament ever in the province's history, which was great. That's uh, exactly what Wizards of the Coast wants to see in order to give us another one. And, yeah, it was a good day. Very smoothly ran. Uh, ran very smoothly. All the players were very complimentary about it. Uh, that was always nice to hear, of course. You never never want to hear players complaining about your event. Um how many one staff by, did you have with, to help you um, out? I had three other judges, and I had a scorekeeper and somebody who was basically there to help count deck lists and just run errands. So a store worker person? No, this was just somebody who showed up because her boyfriend was playing, and she oh. wanted to help out. And so you said, can I you count to 60? Okay, here. Well, <laughs> 84, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it was sealed. sealed. Okay. But yeah, she, she was great. But the, the, everything went really smoothly. My judges were awesome. Uh, Adam and Jeremy and Kyle. Big shout outs to those guys. It was huge help having them around. And yeah, everything went really well. I was very happy with it. And, uh, I'm not ashamed to admit that I cried during my head judge announcement and I cried when I gave the winner his envelope and told him to do us proud because I've been waiting to do this for a long time. So yeah. <sighs> it was awesome. And I want to do another one. But yeah, it was great to see the community all coming together in one place and cheering each other on. And you know, that like we only get one of these a year, so when we do get it, it it's it's a big deal. Like you know, most people who live in the states don't appreciate. You know, you can drive to five PTQs within a ten-hour radius easily, unless you live in the back end of nowhere. Like me. Like I mean, Travis, <laughs> how many PTQs can you get to within a five-hour drive? Five hours. Uh... I mean, a lot. <laughs> I, I can't put a number on it. Probably at least 30 to 40. That's ridiculous, obviously. I mean, obviously some of those are going to be on the same weekend. Right. But you could easily do 10 PTQs per season if you had no obligations. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah, I could. Within five hours, two. Because there's Salt Lake, which is five hours, and there's Casper, which is about four and a half hours from me. But Missoula, Boise, um, places like that would be more than five hours, but like Missoula is like six ish and uh, Boise is about five and a half, six hours. See, but even that is more than we get. Well, with, yeah, I was going to say within six, yes. Within five, not really. And I mean, within five, I mean, it takes five to get to Salt Lake, so that's not really inside of five. It'd be great the, if we could get one in like, you know, Pocatello, Idaho Falls area. That'd be fabulous. And I mean, there's tons of players there that go down or up to Montana for, you know, PTQs. 
for me to drive to a PTQ. Oh, I take it back. There was Bozeman. There was a Bozeman one, and that's within five hours. So three. Would, yeah. would take over 24 hours for me to drive to a PTQ. And you'd have to drive across St. water, Louis right? Within five hours. What was that, Travis? I think I can get to St. Louis within five hours. Well, I mean, there's Cincinnati, right, for sure. Cincinnati, Lexington, Louisville, Indianapolis, uh, Columbus. Columbus. Yeah. Uh, how far is, like, DFW from you? Which one? Heaps. Dallas, Fort Worth. That's like, I, I, ways. I don't know. Is oh, my way? goodness. You people don't. Look yeah. at a map. Dude, okay. I have an excuse. On the other side of the United States. I, I have an excuse. I don't live in that country. I have a valid hey, excuse. I knew Texas was far away from him. At least that one I knew. Um, Mississippi is not far, though, right? It's beside of Alabama. It's probably a good nine to ten hours. Okay. I could probably Stop. hit Nashville within five or six hours. Well, they definitely have a PTQ in Nashville. Yes. Would you have to get – like, Memphis is before Nashville, right? Right around. It's just that it's a different end of the state. It's farther okay. west. So they probably have one as well. I could hit everyone in Ohio, everyone in Kentucky, uh, anyone in Indiana, uh, east. You're probably looking at some of the ones in Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Virginia. Yeah, well, geez, if you're between... going up to Pennsylvania, surely North Carolina is not far away either. North Carolina is a couple states away from Pennsylvania. Yeah, but it's south of Pennsylvania, right? It is we south of Pennsylvania. Out of this cast needs to be, we suck at American geography. <laughs> no, I suck at American geography, but that's allowed. I will tell you this. My niece, who is four, and even when she wasn't four, when she was like three, knows where Wyoming is. Oh, I do, too. It's in the mountains. Yeah. But, I mean, like a lot of American students, when they're a lot of American students from the East Coast have trouble with the whole Wyoming, Colorado, because they're both shaped the same. So they're like, right. which one's on top? Is it Wyoming? Which one's Wyoming? Which one's Colorado? Yeah, she will never have that problem because she knows which state is Wyoming because that's where Aunt Adina lives. Wyoming's on top, right? Yes. Yeah. See, I knew this. Uh, we're farther north. Lots more snow. We're close to Montana. Okay. So I know the northeastern seaboard pretty well, so like I probably would get those, right? But when you get... Down there into the strange places where they talk funny. I'm less. Well, Texas accurate. is like in the middle of the country all the way down at the bottom. And Dallas isn't really in like the north part of Texas. It's like down near the middle of Texas. I was so, going to say, I think. The map of the United States and sending to you just a second. So, so yeah, even if, even if you're in a state that's near Texas, you're not that close to Dallas. Okay. Okay. Hold on one second. <laughs> Travis is getting frustrated. You can hear it in his voice. He's right, like, they're in the Facebook chat. Look on the map, and you see the state of Kentucky, and you see it has a little bitty tip at the top. I live at the very utmost point of that. Okay. So I can hit Indiana. Oh, okay. I was like, Kentucky's really close to North Carolina, but you live in the northern part of Kentucky. Right. Did you know that the Cincinnati airport, I'm sure that Travis knows this, the Cincinnati airport is actually in Kentucky. Yep. So I've actually been in Kentucky because I flew to Cincinnati once, and so I was in Kentucky. So there's probably parts of Illinois you could get to in five hours, but I guess nowhere that has a PTQ. I could probably get to Chicago in five okay. or six hours. Jeez, you could probably even get to Detroit. No, Detroit's way up there. Okay. It's a little yeah, farther. it's probably six or seven, maybe more. So Toronto is like eight or nine then. I'm guessing. I mean, uh, Scotty Mack drove down to Cincinnati for a uh, tournament once. Yeah, so he said like, it was only like nine hours. So, like, just drive to GP Toronto, Brian. Right? It's not difficult. I don't have a passport. They won't let me in. Well, that's not why we won't let you in. <laughs> 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 uh, 
I mean, I didn't want to say anything. But... All right, uh, let's let's just move on from this to a random moment of geekery. Adina, go. So one of my favorite authors is Morgan Rice, and I've talked about Morgan Rice books before, but the latest book just came out, um, A Sky of Spells, uh, which is the latest book in um, the the series. It's book nine. Um, about Thor and his adventures, and it's sort of more towards the fantasy adventure than towards the vampire love story kind of okay, thing. Is this actual Norse god Thor, or just a character named? It's Thor? It's a character named Thor. Well, his name is Thorgrin, but they call him Thor for short. So yeah, it's not Thor. about it's not it's not Thor like the movie Thor that's also just brand new and coming out and everything. Um, so it's it's yeah, that's just the main character's name. And it's your typical quest, you know, with battles and, you know, characters that fall in love and big scary villains that need to be defeated and magic and all those sorts of things. So it's, it's one of those, you know, long quests and various battles to, and, you know, things to overcome and, you know, magic to learn how to use. So. So basically, if you're reading this, you pretty much have to read it on Thursday. Sure, yeah, you can read it on Thursday, because, you know, that's when you're going to be listening to this podcast, I imagine. Ooh, well played. Thank Gigi. you. Yeah, I thought so. And I also want to mention that Dracula just came out. I don't know if uh, you've heard about this, but yeah. on American TV, uh, there's a new series called Dracula. It's weird because as I'm watching it, I keep forgetting that it's not on HBO. It's on a regular channel, and I expect them to behave the way that they would behave on an HBO series because it is Jonathan Rhys Myers who played King Henry in The Tudors. So I kind of expect it to be like that. Um, I won't really spoil anything about the show except for the fact that I find it extremely annoying that they've decided that Jonathan Rhys Myers should have a fake American accent. He's Welsh, right? He's uh, pretty much have to be with that name. He's from Ireland, I think. I doubt it. Not with a name like Reese Myers, but possibly. I I thought he was Irish, but I I don't know. You want me to look it up on IMDb? I can tell you where he's from. Sure, you do that while Travis gives us his moment of geekery. My moment of geekery is a, a great example parent, uh, parenting. Uh oh. It's on our show notes, and also okay. I discovered I can't get to Detroit in about four hours and Pittsburgh in about five. Uh, Jonathan Rhys Myers was born in Dublin, Ireland. He and his family moved to County Cork, Ireland. So oh, definitely okay. Irish. Yep. That's weird. Uh, I don't see this in the show notes anyway, Travis. I think you're lying to me. Oh, you took it out. I did not. Yes, you did. Whoever went in there and added what we're doing took it out. You oh, you had it in there from before. Okay. Yeah, I did take it out. Uh, I, My bad. I can find it again now. It was awesome. Terrible. It was a gif. Okay. Well, look for it and stop being a whiny bastard. So my moment of geekery, um, I'm continuing my habit of Netflix binging uh, by watching Orange is the New Black. I just finished all 12 episodes in like three days. Uh, that show is is uh, really good. And I would say that even if it wasn't filled with lesbian titties. Um, I've seen the first few episodes of it. What did you think? I liked it. I found it it's really gritty. Uh, it, it, I think it does a really good job of sort of exploring the more human side of these prisoners. I was a big fan of the old show Prisoner Cell Block H, uh, which most of, my, of our listeners have never heard of, but that's fine. And um, this reminds me a lot of that show sort of updated for the 21st century. So 
it's yeah, it's it's really good. I am thoroughly enjoying it. Or I was thoroughly enjoying it. I need to wait for season two now. I needed something to watch since I'd finished watching Archer, and I refused to watch Breaking Bad. Even though every series I finished, they're like, watch Breaking Bad! And I'm like, no. It's good. It's a good show. Meh. I don't know, I just think the the drug-centric thing would just get to me. Because uh, I'm not really a big fan of stuff like that. But hey. Okay, I found I, my I, moment of geekery. There you go. So you can look at it. It's in the Facebook chat. And also I discovered I can get to St. Louis and Chicago within five hours. So yeah, awesome. it, I can probably get to 100 PTQs. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Jesus. That's terrible. But so funny. All right, sweet. So that's going to do it for this week, folks. Uh, normally this is the part where I'd ask Will what's happening at Face to Face Games, but Will's not here. So I'm going to let you know that Face to Face Games uh, has all of your Commander 2013 <coughs> singles available for sale now, as well as the decks if you live in, Car- in Carolina. No, Canada. There we go. That's the place. And uh, give them a check out. They will be at the GP in DC, I want to say. Has that already happened? The GP DC yes, happen yet? Weekend. I was thinking. Okay. I think they're going to be there. I'm pretty sure they're going to be there. Yes, they will be at GPDC November 15th to the 17th, and then at Toronto, obviously, uh, two weeks after that. And you can now pre-order the Holiday Gift Box, which has a beautiful picture of Elspeth standing on a dead Pelucranos head. So get your orders in for that while you can. Poor Pelucranos. He's so misunderstood. No, he did. Well, he was so misunderstood. (laughs) Other than that, let's wrap this baby up. So, for Adina, for Travis, and for the absent and hopefully pro-tour playing well, this is Chris saying join us again next time for Horde of Notions, and go play some magic. Insert Alpeg music. Lord, I've really been real stressed, down and out, losing breaths. Although I am black and brown, problems got me pessimistic. Brothers and sisters keep messing up. Why does it have to be so damn tough? I don't know where I out of my skull. My grandma passed, my brother's gone. I never at once felt so 